Hello and welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July and we are back to talk more high school sports. Excited today to be joined by Father Ryan wide receiver, Charlie Becker, a recent Indiana commitment. Um, we're going to welcome in Charlie here in just a second. I want to remind everybody, though, quickly, this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. All right, now now it's time to get to Charlie, who's going to join us by video here if you're watching. Charlie, thanks for being here today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. So, Charlie, take us through what this recruiting process has been like for you. I know it's a, a long kind of whirlwind there with, with all the coaches that are, I'm sure, reaching out to you and all, all the visits you've been going on. Um, did you enjoy kind of the fuss of the recruiting process? Or are you uh, glad that it's over now? You know, a little, little bit of both, you know, it was a great time. I had, had to talk to, you know, all these coaches that I never thought I'd be able to talk to, but, you know, now that, now that it's settled down because of the commitment, it's, it's pretty, pretty nice not to have, you know, to go anywhere. It, Charlie, you said in the spring, I think you told Russell this, that you were ready to make a decision soon that you were going to get this done. Were you close to a decision then, or did you, end up having to sit down and sort through the pros and cons of your choices fairly quickly in order to come to that decision. Yeah, I would say that um, coming to my decision that the biggest thing was the official visits or the unofficial was actually the big thing. But um, I was I was really I didn't really have any idea. I just knew that I wanted to commit by the time senior year started just so you know, I didn't have to worry about recruitment and I could focus solely on, you know, football and taking my team farther. And so you ended up committing to Indiana a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations on that, by the way. Um, what made the Hoosiers stand out from some of your other top choices like Iowa and Northwestern? Yeah, I would say that, you know, with, with Indiana, it was really the coaching staff and the, and the culture that they had was, it was really special. And unlike, you know, anything that I've seen from anyone, it, they really treat each other like family and, you know, I want to be a part of something like that. For people in general, Charlie, who've just never gone through a power five sports recruitment, let alone the football recruitment, which is obviously generates the most interest and is maybe the biggest process of them all. How would you describe the recruiting process to them just in general terms? Is it fairly professional? Are there things about it that you would caution other players about? Yeah, I would say that, you know, it's, it is very professional, you know, just going through it, you know, just realize that, you know, you're not the only one that they're recruiting and there's like a lot of people, you know, cause in case you commit somewhere else, you know, they always have a backup, you know, I would say that that's really the biggest thing was that like, you have to realize that, you know, these are your opportunities and you got to take them when you get them. So, Charlie, take us through your football journey a little bit. Uh, did you always see wide receiver as your ticket to playing major college football, or did you have a growth spurt at some point that kind of made you say, hey, I think I'd be well-suited to, to be on the outside there catching passes? Yeah, so, well, throughout middle school, I was, I was always a, a linebacker and running back. You know, my dad played linebacker at Ohio State, so, you know, he was just putting me right, throwing me right in there until, you know, about freshman year when I just shot up and, you know, again, gain a lot of speed and you realize that I could be, you know, pretty, pretty good threat on the outside. How much of your, how much of your dad's influence helped you go to the big 10, Charlie? Was he, uh, 
I don't know. You have any insight on that, or did that did that factor in at all? Yeah, you know, I've I've grown up watching, you know, Ohio State. Obviously, go, him going to Ohio State, watching the Big Ten every Saturday. It's you know just became our life kind of. But uh, you know, watched SEC too. So yeah, I'll just say that watching Big Ten teams was was really cool and probably influenced my decision making a little bit. So, no, uh, you had a lot of success this spring in track. And uh, when we talked back in May at that state meet, uh, I know you said track was kind of just something you had started uh, as using that as a means to try to improve your speed for football and things like that. But, you know, you ended up winning state titles in the 110 uh, hurdles, the 300 hurdles, and also as a member of Father Ryan's 4x4 uh, uh, relay team. I guess how neat was that to, you know, go from really just kind of doing it just for the training to actually, you know, becoming a state champion? uh three times there yeah it's it's really cool you know i i like you said i had no interest in track other than to you know get my speed up for football and just you know he just threw me out there at hurdles because he thought i was like you know tall and lengthy and my hips were high enough that i could get over the hurdles easily so you know i had uh i had a senior my freshman year his name was josh pfeiffer he's a wide receiver at Ole miss right now and he was like it was me and him at, at hurdles and you know he he's really he was really helpful at you know teaching me you know what's how to do it and i would say you know the big difference for me was coming in you know with no idea how to do anything to you know having that senior there who was really influential influential in you know to pick up track and, you know, keep continuing with it. But, you know, I would say that I, I never thought that I would, you know, be good enough at hurdles to win state, but, you know, it's hard work pays off. So it's really cool. Really cool to see that. Yeah. And all athletes of all sports, boys and girls uh, tend to credit track for gaining speed and explosiveness, like you said. Um, but what is there something – that track provides on the mental side, Charlie, that is there, is there a, maybe a level of mental toughness that you realize that, that you're gaining from that just being it so individual and you sort of have to uh, bring yourself to complete exhaustion to, to win these events. Yes, sir. You know, I would say that, you know, the 300 hurdles, they're no joke. Those are, those are very tough. So, you know, you have to have a really good mentality to, you know, go in there and, you know, you're lined up in the blocks and you're just like, I can't wait for this to be over. This is terrible. But, you know, when you, uh, when you, when you cross the finish line, you know, it's, it's all, it's all worth it. But I would say that the mental aspect of certain races is, is big time. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys won the Ravenwood seven on seven tournament. Uh, And it seems like based on what you did last year and it, you know, the work you guys are already doing this summer, that you've got a good connection there with your uh, senior quarterback, Jojo Crump. I guess, what can we expect out of the Father Ryan offense this year? You guys hoping to put up a lot of points? Oh, of course. You know, that, that's obviously the goal every year is to put up a ton of points. But I would say the difference between last year and this year is, you know, my sophomore year when I first, you know, became the starter wide receiver, I had the, I had a quarterback, uh, Matthew Derrick, and – our connection was, was was really good actually for, you know, being our first time ever playing with each other. So, you know, last year I had to try to, you know, 
see Jojo's, you know, arm, see like, you know, I had to get that connection back with Jojo. But now that, you know, everything's starting to click and we've had a year under our belt, I would say that, you know, the connection is amazing. Like we're, we're right there all the time. And it's just, it's, it's going to be really good. You know, whenever he goes to train at quarterbacks, you know, I'll go and be his receiver just to run routes and keep that connection, you know, alive. But uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, the goal is to score a lot of points, but I think, you know, last year, last year we did, we scored, we scored a good amount of points, you know, but I would say that this year you're, you're going to see something really new and really, really effective. Well, Charlie, the last thing, and then we're going to get you out of here. Uh, maybe, maybe you can do this for Father Ryan's offense and defense if you if you can. T- uh, tell us about a Father Ryan player too that is going to surprise some people next year and why. Yeah, I would say you know we have a, a, a you know he was a younger corner last year. His name is Caden Anku on defensive side. Uh, he was younger. He he started maybe the second half of of the season uh, at corner, but you know he's he's been in, he's been in the lab getting, getting that work in and he's, he's, you know, he's gone from here to just all the way up. And I think that's, that's going to be really big for, for our, uh, for our defense is, you know, our DBs last year, you know, we, we struggled a little bit, but, you know, I'd say just the way they've been working and, you know, he always during spring bowl always follows me, you know, wherever side of the field I go on. And I think that that really helped, you know, iron sharpens iron and obviously him on the defensive side is going to be really, really helpful with us this upcoming year. And um, I would also say uh, defensively, we have linebacker Robbie Smith. He he's was he also started maybe 80 percent of the games last year. But, you know, he so he was a little bit new, but just, you know, he's become a really great leader for us. And uh, for the defensive side, and I would say that you know he he'll be a big impact on on everyone. And then offensively, I'd probably say that uh, Mason Bryant, he was our running back last year. He, he put up he put he did really good also. But you know just the I'm mean, just the difference the difference between them last year and then this year it's it's unreal. It's just you know having that experience under your belt it really really does incredible things. So. I'd say those those three guys are someone to watch out for. And one more here for the road, Charlie. Uh, with you being a Father Ryan guy, I've got to ask, what did you make of the the catches over the last couple of months that two of your uh, former uh, classmates there made? James Henson, uh, of course, made a, a diving catch into the wall that ended up on Sports Center in a Father Ryan baseball game earlier this year. And then Jack Porter, a recent Father Ryan grad, did something similar where he uh, last week basically flipped over a wall, made a catch that got on sports center. Uh, so two part question, I guess, what did you think of those catches and, and, and getting that national attention there for father Ryan? And second, have you ever thought about pulling a London Humphreys and maybe trying to do baseball uh, man in the outfield a little bit and doing track at the same time? It, it's pretty tough for him, but you ever thought about doing that? Yeah. So the first part, um, you know, I, those guys are great guys in, you know, just the fact that, you know, they work so hard. So just to see the hard work pay off, it, it's, it's really awesome to see that. And James Henson, you know, he, he was also one of those very influential people because he was a receiver. He started all four years for us on the football team. So, you know, coming in and, and you know, really getting that help from him was, was, was really important and really beneficial to my process. 
And, you know, Jack Porter, he, he was a senior when I was a freshman. And, uh, but, you know, I, he was, I still talk to him, you know, get him out. So, in, you know, I, I know he works really hard. So it's, it's just really awesome to see these guys, you know, bringing attention for Father Ryan and themselves. And then in baseball, yeah, I, I used to play baseball, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to see how, uh, if I, if I, you know, early enroll, but, you know, might have, might have to try out. There you go. And then if you don't, then your legs will be fresh. And I'm sure that'll be fine too. So right. Charlie, congrats on all, all your success and your commitment. We're looking forward to seeing uh, how it all shakes out this fall. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. That has been Father Ryan, wide receiver Charlie Becker. Enjoy talking to him. We are going to take a quick break and then come back with some more football recruiting discussion. So stick around for that. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about calling for a ride. Nah. You live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work, you do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. We're back on Main Street Preps this week, and in the uh, wake of our conversation there with Charlie Becker, wanted to get into some recruiting topics. It has been a busy six weeks or so in the mid-state recruiting scene. Just commitments have been flying off the board left and right. If, if you've been on Twitter and following our Main Street Preps Twitter, you've seen just the sheer number uh, of players that have committed to FBS schools. It's been really neat to see. Uh, right now, Tyler, uh, the only uncommitted players in the area in the top 50 in the uh, 24-7 sports composite rankings are Lipscomb linebacker Edwin Spillman, Riverdale quarterback Braden Graham, and Pearl Cone wide receiver Darius Reed. So uh, not a whole lot of names still on the on the board there. Um, later in the process, there'll be more you know, the, of the Division II NAIA-level commits. But as far as the top guys, we're pretty much set on, on where these guys are going for right now. Yeah, I think it kind of shows um... – just maybe a little bit of the nature you know, juniors. This is a time of year when uh, they're going to, a lot of them are going to commit anyways. It's a, it's probably, it's always kind of been a popular time, but especially now with, I don't know the, just the, uh, the fluidity uh, of, is that a word? Um, with yes. recruiting, you, you definitely want to get kind of figured out where you want to go. And at this point, you don't, um, unless you're just a top guy who really has all the options that that he could want you you want to kind of get that done uh so sort of a a sign of that i think um you know you look at obviously maybe the or definitely the biggest one on the board there is edwin spillman that's going to be a that's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch and when that when that decision comes there that's going to draw a lot of attention and certainly make one of those fan bases really happy and uh darius reed 
believe the only power five offer he has right now is Ole Miss, but he was uh, rehabbing an injury. Uh, uh, Pro Cone coach Tony Bernetti told me that has basically kind of sh- shut him down for the summer. It's nothing serious, but he just he didn't go to any camps. Um, so he's been kind of rehabbing and taking it slow. So I would guess that had he gone to some camps, we would probably be hearing a little bit more about him. Uh, he's had such a fantastic year last year um, for the Firebirds. I mean, gosh, that game in the state championship when he just not only numbers-wise went off, but some of the catches he made were just incredible. And then his his ability to get away from from defenders was really awesome. So I think that's a name we probably would have heard a lot more about had he been able to go to some camps. Uh, I th- still think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him because there people are going to want to come watch those games. And you kind of look at who else is on that pro cone roster. There's some couple defenders that I think are going to get a little bit of power five looks. And then of course, Donovan Higgins, who's, who's already drawn Tennessee and Vanderbilt offers this, uh, this summer, who's a, he's a 2025 guy. But if you get coaches coming to look at somebody like Donovan, uh, you're going to see guys like maybe Reed uh, get some attention. So um, that's kind of an interesting one, interesting aspect, a junior that, or a rising senior, I should say that maybe we would have heard more about in a, if had he been healthy. Let's hope he can get healthy and uh, get back on the field. Cause like you said, when he was, when he was right in that state championship game last year, it was something to see. Um, but yeah, so I was just looking up and down the list here of all these prospects. I mean, yeah, I've, followed this for years now and keeping up with recruiting in the area. And, uh, you know, just anecdotally, this seems like it might be one of the deepest classes in the area in recent memory, just given the sheer number of guys that have already committed to FBS schools. Usually once you start scrolling past that 50 number, you usually don't see a whole lot, especially this early in the process. And then you start seeing a lot, you know, maybe some smaller schools, maybe some FCS uh, type level prospects, but you can keep scrolling even past 50 and you, and you um, see just a number of names that, are um, heading to big schools, and that's before any of the uh, kind of late senior season blow-up prospects that always happen. Somebody has a great year, and they kind of catapult up the board. So, anyway, it seems like it's a deep class. Uh, it's heavy on defensive talent. If, if you needed a linebacker or a defensive back, this was the year for it. Of course, the, uh, the top four are Caleb Beasley, committed to Tennessee, Elijah Groves, who just committed to Kentucky last, uh, last weekend. Uh, Edwin Spillman, of course, who we mentioned is uncommitted, and Mason Curtis. Um, committed to Michigan out, out of Innsworth. So uh, Charlie Becker, who we just talked to, uh, is actually the highest-ranked offensive skill player, and he's uh, all the way down at number 22. So um, anyways, I just thought that was interesting, that you know how much d- defensive talent there is to be had right now. Yeah, and you made a good point about the late bloomers, too. This is a deep class with, uh, with not counting who could, and it almost seems these days is very likely to blow up uh, late in the process, which uh, – it's kind of it's just just a common, it's a fairly common thing. We all, we're always surprised, but uh, it's hard to see every single player, and it's hard to uh, really under, uh, gauge who's going to gain size and speed, and who all of a sudden is going to go to a camp and just uh, really impress a, a school. Last year, obviously, uh, Arian Carter from Smyrna was that was that guy who just if you didn't if you weren't really following Smyrna football, you probably wouldn't have known about him. Uh, or at least certainly I didn't until until all of a sudden his recruitment just got crazy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's always fun to watch, too, just to see what guys all of a sudden everything picks up for them. I'm sure that's a wild time for them, but uh, really cool to watch because you're talking about guys that haven't maybe had 
options and now all of a sudden they've got great options so that's that's pretty cool i think uh somebody's running a leaf blower outside but we're gonna soldier on here tyler um so yeah in looking at that top 50 in the landscaping uh, never stops that's right yeah they had july 4th off and they're back at it this morning right so. right uh, but yeah, of that top 50 in the state on the 24 seven sports rankings, you know, Tennessee and Vanderbilt both have four commit commitments, which, you know, isn't necessarily surprising, but I think the surprising part is just uh, Vanderbilt, the kind of the quality of commitments that they are getting across the board, not just in Tennessee, but they've also got, you know, two, basically arguably the two best quarterbacks in that division two triple uh, a league uh, Macaulay quarterback, J- Jeremy St. Hilaire and Baylor quarterback Whit Muschamp are both committed. And uh, yeah, Vanderbilt sits at number 35 right now, which is far and away the highest they've been. I, I realize the class is not complete yet, but um, definitely seems like things are trending up there for Clark Lee and uh, Barton Simmons and everybody at Vanderbilt trying to get that uh, team on, you know, on, on track. And, and really Tyler, you know, up until this year, they hadn't had a whole lot of success to be able to point to um, that first year under Lee was a struggle. They did. I think they beat UConn and Colorado state maybe, but you know, last year they beat Kentucky, uh, who had Will Levis, and then Florida, Anthony Richardson, two of the top quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and they beat both of them. So uh, it seems like maybe that kind of proof of concept is paying off now for the uh, for the Commodores. Yeah, and uh, Whit Muschamp is no joke. He uh, obviously coming off that that state championship season. I mean, he's he's a great passer. It's obviously, his dad. Uh, you know, Will being a guy that's uh, has been a head coach and um, has been around football for a long time. So there's that built in just living, breathing football, knowing how to understand it, has probably understood it for some time now at, on a deeper level than maybe most. Uh, I thought I was really impressed with Muschamp. I believe I ended up seeing him twice last year when actually it was three times they played NBA. I think uh, I, I saw them there. I saw them at a. Uh, Brentwood Academy, and then again in the championship. I could be could be wrong about that. I'm trying to think who I who all I saw, but uh, definitely saw Baylor twice. Was super impressed with him, and he does kind of have the luxury of Amari Jefferson, who is uh, outside of the Nashville area, a guy that has blown up. It was initially a Tennessee baseball commitment, but by all signs, looks like he's either going to be a two sport guy or a football player because his football recruitment's really taken off. Uh, Amari is really good, but I don't think what Muschamp has done has been all just due to Amari. I just don't remember seeing him just relying solely on one guy. I mean, he's just a really good, aware passer, super accurate, uh, knows how to move around. So that's a great that's a great pickup uh, right there. Um, so that'll yeah, be interesting. And geez, just looking at the thinking about the guys coming back in Division Two AAA, and now you got uh, you're going to add Lipscomb Academy in the mix. That's going to be a really fun race to watch next year when you think about I think NBA looks like that that's a team that is losing a lot that could take a step back but then you look at Brentwood Academy Baylor Lipscomb Academy all all that those teams bring back it's going to be some some really competitive games there I don't I I wouldn't I don't know who the favorite would be Russell I mean I don't I don't want to venture any guesses right now because I haven't really started thinking about that too heavily but I mean would you I don't Lipscomb Academy is a good team to think about, but they're, they're going to be changing their schedule a little bit. I don't know. I think they'll still be really good and they've got a chance. I just, I don't know that I would tap any favorite yet. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, Baylor, you know, like you said, with Baylor with Muschamp and Jefferson, they've got a 
they might get the early the early nod there if um, you know people are kind of unsure how that Lipscomb transition will go. But you know, Lipscomb might be right there with them too, just because it, yeah, it doesn't seem they like they're going to be a, a team that's going to allow many points. You know, mm-hmm. on those on that list of defensive prospects, I mean, Lipscomb's got a handful of them. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, that they're, they're be, in the mix for sure. That should be a good race there. But mm-hmm. um, what you know, some of the, the one of the neat things about recruiting Tyler is just some of the stories that emerge out of it and um, kind of the success stories. One that kind of stood out to me that we got to to write about was Andre Evans, uh, the CPA defensive yep. back committing to LSU. Um, if you haven't read this full story, you can go check it out on MainStreetPreps.com and just search Andre Evans. It's O-N-D-R-E, Andre. Um, just was kind of blown away by this story, but basically he had uh, he has been living with um, a family that has uh, children at CPA and uh, happened to run into a guy named Joe Stanford who runs the D1 facility there in West Nashville, D1 sports training facility. And uh, it just so happened that his mom – you know, he attended Pearl Cone uh, and his mom was was leaving the Nashville area to kind of escape uh, a rough neighborhood, moving to Clarksville. And, uh, you know, Andre wanted to stay in Nashville because there's you know great football opportunities here. Obviously, he had a good situation there at Pearl Cone. That's a program that routinely um, helps develop scholarship level players. And anyways, um, so he wanted to stick around and wanted to, you know, he needed a place to stay. And basically, um, just through some connections and stuff, uh, you know, ended up being able to stay with the Stanford family who he, who he met, you know, only a couple of times up, up to this point, um, eventually transfers over to CPA, uh, moves from wide receiver to defensive back and his recruitment just exploded. And now he's, you know, one of the top recruits in the state, uh, this summer, early June, he, he went and camped at Georgia, I think. And that's really what, you know, all these teams were already on him, but once Georgia offered after their camp and LSU, swooped in there, Alabama, um, and he sort of had his whole pick of the litter there, but he ended up going with LSU. But just neat to see, uh, you know, a kid, he he was just helping on working as hard as he could to get a scholarship to, to better, um, you know, opportunities for himself and his family, and uh, that's what he's getting to do. So just really cool stuff there for Andre, and wish him the best here as a senior on what's going to be, you know, a loaded CPA team there in that um, Division Double AA. Got to think they're right there amongst the favorites in that league now that, Lipscomb is gone. So anyways, that's um, you also had a pretty neat one too over at CPA at John Wayne, all of it, Oliver, you want to give the quick uh, spiel on that? Yeah. I mean, you hit it on the head about how loaded that team is right now. And when you think about the guys that have just sort of come up uh, really developed and just sort of broken onto the scene the last year. I mean, all of a sudden they're just uh, they've, they are well equipped to go compete for or win a D2 double a championship, but one of those guys being offensive tackle, uh, John Wayne Oliver. Wayne is not necessarily his middle name. He goes by John Wayne, who is he is named after the uh, the famous uh, Western movie actor. I guess we're moving on in time here, so there's probably a younger audience that isn't as aware of John Wayne. I would say, I don't even know who the biggest movie star is in movies right now. I don't know who we consider that, uh, but maybe like a, you know, a, a Brad Pitt of his time, even though he's a much tougher, more grisly actor, but in terms of stardom was uh, as, as high as anybody has ever been probably in, in sheer fame in the movie world. And also just has a gruff way about him. He's not just an actor. He's like a whole aura, like a whole persona. And you don't just name your kid after John Wayne. 
on a whim. It's just one of those names. So, but his dad, Wayne Oliver, uh, his dad was named John, so he combined the two names. But his dad also has this background in country music. I mean, George Jones has George Jones has slept on his dad's co- uh, couch. He had to. He kept George Jones in line to a degree when he could as a booking agent and worked in the music industry a lot. So, music kind of met uh, the music scene here. Kind of met the football scene. It was really cool, but uh, definitely a guy to watch too on a good CPA team. So that is it for our recruiting discussion for now. I'm sure there will be some more commitments and we will be sure to keep you up to date on those as they happen on MainStreetPreps.com and also at MainStreetPreps on Twitter. Uh, Before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. The dead period's still got a couple more days here, but we are still around, still pushing out uh, content. And of course, starting next week, All these football teams will be getting back to it with workouts and everything and seven on sevens and eventually scrimmages. So uh, the exciting time is coming for football fans out there. So just stay patient for a little bit longer and we will uh, keep you posted on everything that's happening. So thanks for tuning in to Main Street Preps this week and we'll catch you next time. Same time, same place.